We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me today Randolph Childress and John Henson. Uh, and before we get into our first month of the season superlatives, before we talk a little bit about the big picture world of college basketball, uh, we have something pretty unpleasant to talk about. It's not something that I enjoy talking about. It's not the reason why I wanted to uh, to get into the business of covering college basketball. But uh, Chris Beer, the head coach at the University of Texas, was arrested uh, early this morning, about 4.18 a.m., for arrest uh, assault by strangulation and suffocation, which is a third-degree felony. Um, it was essentially domestic violence. Uh, he... Um, he and his fiance uh, had an altercation on, uh, on on Sunday night, and I'll uh, I'll walk you through a little bit of the details that were um, released in the uh, in the police report and um, the rest report that came out on uh, on Monday afternoon, just so everyone's on the same page and everybody understands what we're dealing mm-hmm. with here. Uh, if domestic violence situations trigger you. Uh, consider this the uh, the trigger warning. It is not um, something that is pleasant to listen to or pleasant to read. But um, Beard's fiance uh, said they've been together for a total of six years. Um, and over the last couple of days, they had been upset with each other regarding their relationship issues. Um, on Sunday night, a verbal altercation turned physical when uh, she said he just snapped on me. It became super violent after she slapped um, or she grabbed a pair of his glasses and broke them. Uh, she lit, went to another room. Beard followed a few minutes later, um, slapped glasses off of her face. Uh, she said, he choked me. He threw me off the bed. He bit me, bruises all over my legs, throwing me around and going nuts. She concluded her statement to the police by saying, I just did not feel safe. And that is why uh, she called 911. She said that, um, when he held her neck, she could not breathe uh, for five seconds. And um, there's a lot more in the arrest report. You can find that uh, in some of the um, in some of the articles that have been published about this and some of the breaking news, specifically from the Austin American Statesman, who's been all over the story. Uh, I don't really want to read all that much more from it because you kind of get the gist from there. But 
uh, I will start off this conversation by saying this. If these allegations prove to be true, um, Chris Beard should not coach basketball ever again at the college level, let alone coach at the University of Texas. I think that they made the right decision uh, suspending him indefinitely, although it took a little while longer than it probably should have. Um, and we will see where it goes from here. They just finished playing an overtime game against Rice in which they won with Rodney Terry serving as the interim head coach. Uh, but um, we have not heard from athletic director Chris Alcante. As far as I know, Rodney Terry to this point has not yet spoken to the media and nothing has come out from that. I do not expect him to say much of anything um, coming out of this, but it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a fun thing to talk about. It's not a fun thing to read. It's not a fun thing to see. Um, it's an unfortunate situation, one of uh, Beard's own doing. And like I said, RC, if these allegations prove to be true, he should not coach Texas anymore, and he should not be coaching college basketball players anymore. I mean, the first thing is let's just hope prayers go out to the victim. I mean, if mm -hmm. like I said, provided these things are true, I don't think that things would have progressed this far without some clarity on it. I mean, there's some some action, and, and let's hope she's okay, and then a distant second or distant down the road. Let's hope Chris eventually gets some help because that's to react no matter what. There's no reason to react that way. And unfortunately, did this is this is tough on everybody involved. It isn't this is way bigger than a basketball issue. So, you know, uh, prayers to her. I hope she's okay. And let's hope Chris gets some help down the line. But right now, I, I think it's just a matter of time. Legal reasons, if this is true, I just think lawyers being involved and making sure everything is just from a legal standpoint that, you know, that the, the eyes is dotted and the T's is crossed is the only reason why he's not fired probably effective immediately. So that stuff will take care of itself, but listen, let's just press on her. Nothing good comes out of this. It's going to be a lot of hurt, a lot of embarrassment for a lot of people. And, you know, we'll, as fans, people will talk about basketball games later. This is just much bigger than basketball games. Yeah. Um, no excuse. Those, if those allegations are true, there there is no excuse. And um, you know, you feel for the kids that trusted their college careers, man, to to go to that university and having to deal with that. Uh, so prayers out to everyone. Um, it, it's it's like I said, it's bigger than basketball, man. So um, hopefully, he does get the help he needs, and hopefully, those kids can kind of rally, you know, together and, and kind of salvage the season, man. It's gonna be a lot of distractions. So you know, I feel for the families, and you know, this is a decision that he made that it's gonna reverberate for years, man. So you know. You know, feel terrible for everyone in that situation. Yeah, I feel for his uh, his fiance. I feel for Beard's daughters who um, have to see their 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 father uh, in this light now. Um, the whole but John, family. Yeah, the whole family. family. Everybody. I mean, th and that's why I said n nothing good's going to come out of this from family, from relatives, mm -hmm. even from Texas. Whether you're a Texas fan or you're not, it's not fair to those kids. It's not fair to that institution. Like everybody around has to answer to this. This will be a cloud over everybody's head. And, and like I said, again, no more victim than his fiance. I mean, what, you know, no, no woman should have to go through that. And I mean, I know we don't like, we don't like opening up the show and having to talk about that, but I think it is because, you know, we, we talk about a lot of difficult stuff here and we we've never shied away from it. And Chris has been on this show several times and I don't want anybody feeling as though, like we're afraid to, to say, I think that we're all agreeing here that if, if this stuff is true, then he should never coach another game of basketball, period, and be around anyone, kids, or and he needs help in counseling and all those things. But, you know, that decision has affected a lot of people, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, and and um, I really like Chris uh, as, as a person. Um, 
he's one of the coaches that I'm probably closest with. When we were just in Austin, we hung out with him uh, for about three hours after the game. He took us on a tour of the facilities before the game. And I, I, I say this as someone that, that knows him really well. And uh, I mean, I just don't know what else to say other than the fact that if, if, if he's capable of doing something like, I don't think, I don't think people are as ever as bad as the worst thing that they do. Right. Um, but I also think I, w- I was talking with a buddy of mine about this. I also think that it's really important that um, we understand that having the privilege of being able to be the coach of an institution as prestigious as the university of Texas and to make the amount of money that he's making is a privilege. And you don't get to have that privilege if you are capable and you do something uh, like this, if you, if you um, commit the acts that he committed. Uh, I also want to say just something to, cause th- I've keep seeing people mentioning this. Um, we have not heard from the victim in this yet. Uh, the, lawyer that represents Chris Beard came out and said on the record to reporters uh, that the victim in this case does not want the charges to continue and wants the charges dropped. Um, We do not know if he represents her. Uh, If he does not represent her, I don't know why he is speaking publicly for her. Um, And I think it's really important to understand that the dynamics of a domestic violence situation and the dynamics of of an abuser and their victim is such that it's those situations are so difficult to deal with in large part because of the control that the abuser has over the victim. Um, so we don't, uh, we don't necessarily know exactly how that works. We don't, we are not in those, uh, the, that, that relationship with them, but I think it's very important to note that until we actually hear directly from, um, directly from, the victim directly from someone representing her that we know was representing her. Uh, we cannot take that as fact uh, at this point. And I thought that that was something that was uh, important for us to get to and to talk about um, in this situation here. So I, I don't know. I don't know really where else to go from there. Uh, I, I think that simply saying that if this, like if this ends up being true, then he cannot coach anymore. I think that that is um, about as uh as strong as, as, as you can say, I also think it is important to say that they made the right decision, not letting him coach. Right. And, and to your point, RC, it's going to take a little while to get, uh, when you're dealing with a situation where you have literally tens of millions of dollars in contracts signed. Um, it takes a while to kind of work through all of that. You can't just rip it up in one day. Um, but I do think that eventually this will, it, it may take, weeks it may take months before we actually get the the final say on that and the final um ruling but it's yeah it's not i i would be very surprised if this is true if we see chris beard coach texas basketball ever again to be a part of that program or team um ever again all right now that we have that covered and now that we have that out of the way uh one of the things that we wanted to do on tonight's show was to walk through kind of some big picture stuff that has happened over the course of the first month of the season. We're going to get into some overreactions. We're going to talk about the best team in the sec. We're going to talk about the, the, some of the best coaches in America. We're going to give some of our first month awards. Uh, But first and foremost, the way that we start this off is our toast of the night. Um, We start every show. So I'm going to send my toast out to the players on that Texas basketball team who, um, who went to that program to play for a man that uh, is no longer going to be coaching them. Um, I can't imagine that it was easy for them to play that, that game tonight. I can't imagine that uh, that was pleasant for them. Uh, 
to have to wake up to that news for for a guy that I presume they all have a very good relationship with. And they found a way, uh, despite all of that, to not only win, but to win in overtime. Um, so my my uh, my my toast of the night, my cheers of the night is going to go out to the players on the Texas basketball team and uh, interim head coach Rodney Terry for finding a way to kind of get all that done. Not an easy situation for them. Uh, Henson, go to you next. I'm going to go with um... – I'm looking up the stats right now. I'm going to go De- Desmond Cambridge um, on Arizona State. Uh, they just won the game, actually, uh, you know, by two. Um, when Creighton was kind of uh, pulling away, he kind of came in the game and, uh, you know, buoyed them, kind of saved them a little bit, hit a couple big-time threes and, and, and kind of, you know, led the charge. And so that, that's going to be my toast of the night. Desmond Cambridge, Arizona State, they got a good win tonight. R.C.? My uh, my toast of the night is I'm gonna switch sports, man. It's Mike Leach, you know, um, football coach at Mississippi State, and, and prayers, man, to him and his family and that community. I mean, it's just a reminder to us all. I mean, I know he's, he, you know, he's still alive, but there's just difficult circumstances down there. We don't know all the details yet, and you have something like that happen, and then now with this Chris Beard news and other stuff like that, kind of, you know, take overshadows that, but. You know, I've been around a program that, uh, you know, had a coach that suffered a heart attack and that coach didn't make it and it was my alma mater. And I know the impact that that has on a, on an institution, everybody. It's bigger than just the athletic department when these things happen. And um, he was a great guy. He's a funny guy, you know, as a football guy, just hearing him and and, and, and watching him. And so to, to Mike Leach and his family and every in Mississippi State community, you know, prayers to you guys and. That's my toast of the night. One of the great characters in all of college athletics. Um, I don't know the specifics of that situation. I do know the specifics of something that happened in my neighborhood uh, about a month ago. One of my neighbors actually had a heart attack when he was out to dinner um, with his uh, with his wife and his daughter. And the only reason that he made it through was because when he fell, the guy sitting at the table right next to him was a was a registered EMT and started doing CPR immediately the second that he hit the floor so if you have a chance to learn how to do cpr and you have a chance to teach yourself how to give cpr it could be something that could save somebody's one life uh save somebody's life one day so that is my psa my public service announcement we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, for the afternoon. All right. You guys ready to get in some overreactions? 
Let's do, I'm, let's pretty, do it. I'm pretty excited about these. Yeah. Now look, Dagan, Dagan was making fun of me off the air because he said that my 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 hot takes are not quite hot they enough. Stink. So, they stink. They stink, Rob. Get on hanging. I'll try to I'll try to I'll try to pick it up next time. But we're going to start with this. Alabama came from 15 down on the road, uh 17 minutes left in the game, outscored Houston 42 to 21, one of the best defensive teams in the country, one of the toughest teams that we've seen in college basketball, basically kicked their ass over the last 15 minutes before freshmen on the floor. They are today the best team in the SEC, John Henson, true or false? I'm going to go false. I mean, we need to see a little more. Um, they played well. I actually, when I was watching the game, I kind of like tuned out a little bit. It looked like Houston had it in control. Um and and but I I don't I think you know they got a little more work to do. I I really like Tennessee, especially defensively. Um, they're 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 on another level, man. So let me see. You know, four freshmen. It's gonna be up and down season for them. I did the exact same thing you did, by the way, John. When it, it got to 44. 29 i think someone yeah. called a timeout or there was a break and i walked to the yeah. kitchen i like i got yep. a new bowl of snacks and I, I got a i got a new seltzer and i come back and it's like an eight point game. i'm like well what just happened i got i got an update on my phone i like i'm like hold on i had to turn it back you know what i'm saying so <laughs> it was uh that was a good game on your 50 uh your 100 inch tv that uh that has four different four different tvs on that one time <laughs> hey i'm gonna support the young guys man i listen i like tennessee as well i like the experience of tennessee but what's missing from Alabama's team? I mean, the guard play is strong. I mean, you got a freaking McDonald's All-American point guard coming off your bench that I thought was the biggest factor in them winning the Houston game. Uh, you know, again, the biggest thing about them that I like in that matchup, if, if we're just comparing those two teams, they rebound the hell out of the ball because they did that against Houston. We thought Houston would try to punk them on the glass. They didn't. They responded well. They, they make shots, man. Them dudes are shooting the hell out of the ball. They're shooting it over. They make about 11, 12 threes at night. That's tough. And that, and that contradicts because Tennessee's playing that big style. So it'll be a style versus fight. The, the two bigs versus that, the way Alabama wants to play, shooting, clipping threes, man. So I, I, I'm not big on – if I had to pick it again, I'm going to go with Alabama. I just like what I've seen from them playing away. I, I, I'm going to lean that way. I, I, I know what tech Tennessee is. We know what Rick Barnes is. Hell, I almost committed to play for him. I'm a – Huge fan of his, but right now I'm gonna go with the young guy. John, didn't you almost commit to him too? I almost committed to Texas too. I like Rick too, man. So yeah, he was. I, but see, he was at. He was so far back. He was well before Texas yeah. for me. But yeah. he's a hell of a guy. I, I loved him. I, I. It was just. He was just a little too far for me from being from home. But he's been doing it for a long time, and and, and just a great guy, and, and and actually won in Texas as well. But he's 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 a hard. He's, hard to go against but Oaks got Alabama rolling man and I can't go mm -hmm. against them right now you know what was so impressive to me about that game and I, I want both of you guys take on this because you've played uh um played at very high levels John you've played a long time in the NBA um RC you coached for a long time so you know, understand the dynamics of a college locker room Javon Quinterly former McDonald's All-American yes. um guy that came into Alabama with uh with a lot of expectations uh had a coming off of a torn ACL um, came into this season, got a starting job back. And at the end of this game, he didn't play in the second half. He didn't play one second in the second half. And what he did was he sat on that bench and he said, Nate, do not take Jaden Bradley out of the game. He's kicking their ass. Do not take him out. Let him go play. Let him make the difference. He's doing everything that we need to do to win this game. And I think that when you have 
when you have that dynamic on a roster, John, it, it changes everything, right? When you don't have guys worried about shots, when your star players who may or may not have the biggest egos on the team end up being the ones that will sacrifice their minutes and sacrifice their shots like that, that changes everything, right? Yeah, it's the culture. That That's just a culture thing. You know, NATO's has instilled that in, you know, them obviously with winning is most important um, and anything else, it doesn't even matter. And for him to, to be that mature, um, that actually gives me a little more confidence that they might be the best team in the SEC, yeah, right? No, no, like, no, no, you know, no, 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 like, you know, like, it's a good see. story. It's a guy like, that's good. So, no, I love that, man. And and I still think Quiverly has a chance to be a pro. And I think just that story like that is just going to add to his potential as, as, you know, being a team player, being a point guard. And uh, I love that, man, especially in college. I love it. He'll get better and better, too, as he recovers, as he distances yep. himself further with rehab going down the line from that ACL, you know, surgery, which is a credit to him. He got back as quick as he did because, you know, he, he he didn't tear that a year ago. I mean, he's months into that rehab and still rehabbing it. So as he gets better, get, if that leg gets stronger, he gets more confidence in it, then this team will even be even better. Yeah, it's, he's dynamic. He's talented. He's uh, He can make plays off the bounce. Um, all right. You teased it a little bit, RC. You mentioned Tennessee. Uh, they – beat Maryland 56 to 53 on Sunday afternoon in what was probably the ugliest college basketball game. I think that I've ever seen in my entire life. Maryland was three for 24 from the floor in the first half. Um, John, we actually, if you remember talking about how, uh, how they were running Spain pick and roll at uh, uh, Texas was in yeah. at Jimmy V Maryland second half, about eight straight possessions ran that Spain pick and roll. And that's the way yeah. that they were able to loosen up that defense. Um, so what's your what's your take on Tennessee, man? Like I, the, my, the second thing that I have written down was actually not Alabama. Tennessee is the best team in the SEC. That's my second uh, my second overreaction from. I mean, from I, this. for this is this, this is going to go with this, you know, later in the show. But I mean, I have Tennessee as my <laughs> most underrated my most underrated team in the country. Um, just you know, just the way that they're they're playing defensively. They held two for twenty four behind the arc. Season low 0.8 points per possession. Um, I can't wait to see the Arizona game. That's going to be the test, right? That's going to be that test that, hey, look, can you guys do it against the big boys? They're one of the best scoring, best teams in the nation. Can you do that? Uh, and I think Tennessee, when they play Arizona, I mean, we'll, we'll see what they really like. But right now, I love Tennessee. I think they're the best team in the SEC at the moment um, over Alabama. So, yeah, that Tennessee-Arizona game, me about them. That will be. Big. I mean, because there's similar styles. The one thing about that game, though, is that that's going to be big on big. Yep. So, great. It, it, I'm not, you know, concerned about that as far as style. But when you play big, the issue becomes when you play against a small ball lineup. Can you guard against a small ball lineup? Can you guard when people can your big guard on the floor? And what are you going to do? Can can you can he can you switch with that person or not? You know that that particular big. So. I'm curious to see what they do. The one thing that concerns about this team, too, is they're not shooting the ball great. They're not a great three-point shooting team. And that, that at some point, they, they control the pace with their guard play, and they're going to grind you out. But you're going to have to – you got a less margin for error when you're shooting the ball as poorly as they are from three. Yeah, I, I just worry about teams that, that try to win games in, like, the 60s, right? Yes, who, yes. They who, grind who it who out style. Team, who on that Tennessee team – can you, if you if you really need one, right, and you're going up against go get me one, and you really need someone to go get you a shot, who are you giving it to? 
Because I don't know if Santi's the guy, right? I don't know if Vestavy's the guy. That, you better run that set. You better run you a nice set, Coach Barnes. Get you a nice <laughs> a, at the time ATO, man. You know what I'm saying? Look, it's college, man, you know? Get, get you a nice set, so. My, uh, my camera's oh. acting up over here. I don't know what's going on, but. Um, we hear you, though. You hear me. All right. So while I go with this, uh, RC, talk to me a little bit about um, Julian Phillips, right? He's the guy I think that is going to be the, the, the key to this, right? That's going to be the guy that, that can take you to the next step. Yes, but he can't do it shooting 21% from three. I mean, he's struggling from behind the line right now. He's only, what, four? I think he's 4-19 from behind the line. And th- that's that court's going to shrink. I mean, shrink when you get into conference play and people start saying, you shoot 21%, I'm not even going out there. I mean, that, that's, that, that, they're just going to start backing up and just sitting in the lane. So they're, and he's not surrounded with great shooting. And that's the thing. It's not just this one guy. When you start, it, it goes back to what we talked about with Kentucky. Like part mm-hmm. of our problem is with Kentucky is that, hey, your two best players, they want to play at the rim. And there's not mm-hmm. enough spacing. And I, I worry about that right now with those guys. They, it, somebody, and will it happen game by game? They're going to defend. They're going to grind. They're going to rebound. We know what they're going to do. But when they come against some of these high-octane teams that want to score the ball, that do shoot the three well, I just want to see how this team matches up and responds with it. Are they good? There's no doubt they're good. I'm not questioning that. They're, this team is going to be right there in the end, probably a top two seed in the tournament, because we just know what they are. They're going to be right there trying to compete, com- compete for this championship. But I, I say this, if we're comparing these two teams, I know what Kentucky is. I don't know how good Alabama can be. I think that's the best difference. Come March with these two teams. All right, I got some. I got some heat for you. All right, this this might be a high level take. Bring it. I I still think, I still think that Arkansas has the highest ceiling of any team in that conference. No other team in the SEC, no other team in college basketball can say that they have four pros in their starting lineup: Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, Ricky Council. All those guys are going to play in the league, right? They're all 6'4 to 6'7, athletic, switchable, all that kind of good stuff. They have enough size in the Mitchell twins to kind of figure it out, right? Devo Davis, he's a guy, he's like their seventh man right now. He was preseason All-SEC Player of the Year uh, in heading into, I think it was last season, right? Heading into his sophomore season. They have a lot of talent. And that's even with Trevon Brazil with his torn ACL. I still think that they're the most talented team in that league. When they're at their best, I think they're the best team in that conference. Is that correct? Is that hot enough? Is that a hot enough take? Before it's, it's the cool. injury, I mean, I you know, you got four pros. You got four pros. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's not a hot take. You got four. You got four potential first rounders. I mean, I would hope that they would put up a little, you know, put up a little fight. So, you know, that that's you know, and I, I actually enjoy. That's probably my favorite team to watch play. Obviously, you know, what I mean, just being you know four guys that just really dynamic, you know, playmakers, scores, and so uh, yeah, it's it's a kind of a hot take, but you got you say you got four first rounders, so you know that's. That's that's easy, you know. Ricky Council is a game changer. Yeah, he he's he's a game changer. He might be the most athletic dude in college basketball. This side of Andre Jackson. By the way, since we're talking about this, right? Uh, everyone wants to give Alabama all their props. Everyone wants to give Alabama their flowers. RC, I got a question for you. Who beat Alabama by fourteen points earlier this year in the PK eighty five? You don't remember who? Who did? Who beat them? I don't remember who. It was. You, don't, you don't remember who it was, John? You remember who it was? I was gonna say you don't, you don't remember who it was? It was UConn. 
UConn. Ooh. Beat him by 14. John, I, John, I knew what it was, man. <laughs> I thought it was an inside joke. Like, I thought, it was a, was, I thought he was trying to set you up. I, I, I was not going for up. that. I knew exactly where he was going with this. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to sit here with Rob and go over this. You call stuff again. They're good, dude. I, I, You're, I not you the the You're not giving me the satisfaction? You're not giving me the satisfaction? I'm not giving you the glory of hearing that come out of my mouth tonight. That's not happening. I'm sorry. All right. I'm not doing well, listen. All right. Here's, here's, another, here's another take for you. Um, I'm going to spice this one up a little bit. Tommy <laughs> Lloyd, since Dagan said it wasn't hot enough, they, Tommy Lloyd right now is the best coach in college basketball, RC. True, false, a little bit too hot, or just kind of kind of the right kind of spice? No, I, I will say this. Um, I don't know if I can argue against that. I, I think, you know, you said losing the talent that he's lost and, and that, se- that team seems not to change, not to lose a beat is impressive. Uh, and that's what you judge a lot of coaches off of. But there's so many great coaches out there, man. And I, I'll say this, if we were picking and we talked about picking maybe coaches of the year so far, I don't know if anybody had was going to pick him. But I am impressed with his recruiting and his coaching. I think he adjusts, instead of having just one way to play, I just seems as though right now, early in his coaching career, he's recruiting to the, he's recruiting to the style of play that he wants to play. And, and I can't, I can't argue it one way or the other. I couldn't argue it if you were to say that though. Yeah. Hey, John, do you see, do you see what he did there? You see how he yeah, navigated like, so that without, a, without, without picking a side? No, I, I'll say this. I'll say, I'll say no. Could I name five coaches? Yes. But I, I'll say this: Could I, would I name five? Would he be in my top five? I'd say yes because I don't. Want, I'm not going to pick him off of just last year. I won't argue it. But if you tell me to pick five, I, I can probably pick five other guys. I'd say that. So I'm. I agree with you. Great coach. Okay, best coach in the country. You know, arguably. But there's a guy named Rick Patino still coaching. And 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 stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Let's let's talk. I mean, we talking numbers or we just talking names? Like, I mean, what is Stop he done? It. I ain't giving you like, tricky ring. Yeah, like, come on, hey. like Rick Patino. Like, I mean, he's an Iona now, but if Patino was still somewhere, I mean, he'd be in the conversation. He just would. If he was somewhere, you know, still Louisville, wherever he would be at. Like, I don't know. Like, I like Tommy Lloyd though, but hey, just, just wait, take till, second, just wait right? till he's coming back to Louisville, John. Just wait till he comes back to Louisville. <laughs> right, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, she don't spend the he can spend the block. I knew it was coming. You know what I mean? So like. Nah, he's an all-timer, man. He's a Hall of Famer. No he's doubt. an all-timer, you know, so he's, he's still coaching, no I'm doubt. just saying. He's still no on the sideline. We got, you know, so that, that was my, that's my hot take of the day, you know what I mean? So here's, <laughs> here's, here's what impressed – there's two things that really impressed me about Tommy. Is, uh, the first one is you lose Ben Matherin, you lose Dale Terry, you lose Christian Coloco, and there's absolutely no drop-off on your team mm-hmm. at all. I think that's really impressive. Two, I don't know how many coaches can play two bigs that are complete non-threats from beyond the arc. Azulis Dubelis and, and Umar Balo just aren't, they're not bad shooters. They're non-shooters. They don't shoot threes. They're not even a threat out there. And he's managed to make them the number one offense in college basketball, according to Ken Baum. They are the best offensive team in the country, and they do it with two guys where you look at them and you say, you got two bigs that can't shoot. There's no way that you can run efficient offense in, in modern basketball, John. That's, to me, that is what's so impressive about them. And, 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 you know, I think the biggest thing for them is they complement each other. I think that's why they're so good. Um, even when I was in school, me and Z were two bigs, but we just complimented each other. I didn't really like to score like that. I was, I looked to score, but I wasn't Z wanted to score. I had length, Z had, you know, it, Z had size. So like, I think they complement each other in a way that, that helps them. And there's going to be a game where someone's going to have to sit 
you know, depending on the mm-hmm. flow of it, but um, failed to be fails to be seen right now. So they're, they're rolling. Um, I love what they're doing over there. Arizona's always a kind of a sneaky good team throughout the year. And then, you know, when March comes, you know, they kind of announce themselves to the world. So um, they got a few big games coming up and, you just even on another note, like all these teams playing each other, I can't keep up, man. Like I don't, I don't know if this is the you know, new norm with all these big time schools just kind of going head to head, but you know I love it. You know, that's only RC, with some can, schools. Can they some win a title? Still doesn't work. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? Again, the question becomes: I worry about them defensively with the Zulus. So I wonder, you know, and putting him at again when you're at that big, when you're when you're big, mm-hmm. can that four man switch and can he guard? And I'm not. That, that's the difference. He's going to have to guard when you're playing that small ball. And the other question is, is he dynamic enough offensively to punish that smaller guy? I mean, you can win that way, but th- that matchup becomes the critical matchup of the entire game, of the entire situation. How's, how does that big four match up with that small ball four? Can he punish them inside and play great enough offensively? Because that's some of the things we talk about with these big centers. If you got a traditional big, he better be damn good offensively because if not, you just sitting back and drop coverage and trying to keep everything in front. He better be able to dominate the game a la Hunter Dickinson, some of these other guys. If not, right. the, the the rotations that they put you in defensively is tough with one big if you can't do it. And if you got two, you better be dominating the paint. You better control the pace. And, you, and they still have to be willing to guard. Right. But – you're going to have some limitations with that. So again, and we'll see, and, and you'll be exposed in it come tournament time. I mean, we'll see in the tournament, but we'll see in some of these other matchups. I don't, I don't know about the Tennessee or uh, uh, Tennessee and uh, Arizona matchup because it's big on big. But when you start playing some of the small ball things that you put a lot of pressure on a lot of other guys, you know, to have to guard. Uh, yeah. So uh, Tubelas and Balo combined this season are averaging 39 points. Uh, 19 boards, three blocks, and they're shooting combined a very nice 69% from the floor. So um, I, I the, the issue with me, you're right about the defense. Yeah, no, it's nice, right, John? Not bad. You do. I mean, if, they, if they're playing like that, I don't care who you got out there. They're going to, it's, they're going to be a good team. So um, it'll be interesting to see down the stretch, man, what happens, like you say, when they small ball or when teams start to mm-hmm. kind of figure them out or when they start, if they lose a game or two or teams look at that film and say, okay, where can I exploit them at? So. Yep. All right. Next up we have Kansas. And by the way, you can still get free bill t-shirts. <laughs> from the store. Field of 68 dot shop free bill. Free bill. Doesn't get, doesn't get much better than that. I'm pre- I, I, I like love that. this one. Come on, man. That's not, that's a nice yeah. shirt. That's a nice t-shirt. Field of 68 dot shop. If, if you use the code, uh, if you use the code RC, um, you get 0% off because RC wouldn't tell us exactly how many points he averaged when he was a senior. We know. Yeah. We know, you know. We know, you know. Um, well, so so the, the, the take here is that when Kansas is making their threes, Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCuller are combined 11 for 23 in the last two games. Uh, they won those two games by an average of 27 points against Seton Hall, Missouri. When those two are making their threes, Kansas is not only the best team in the Big 12, but they're one of the top five teams in America. RC, I'm going to you first on this one. They are, but I don't believe that's in their makeup consistently. I just don't think the DNA of that team, that's not a strength. And when they're making shots, it'll be as simple as they can beat anybody. Now, what this team has shown that defensively, they're so tough, they'll get after you when they're not making shots at a high level. But that's not their DNA to make to shoot from that, 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 that kind of number. It's great that they're doing it now. 
it's great that they're showing you they can do it, but you still got Harris, who's not a three-point shooter. Sometimes he doesn't even look to shoot. And then when you got these guys, it's not their strength. The one, the only guy that you're fearful of on that team from behind the line is Grady Dick. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at him and you're like, all right, we, you, you got a red him. Can't give him any looks. Everybody else, you honestly can live with. You want to know what they say when he's making team? shots, RC? You want to know what they say when, when he's making shots? This is what they say when he's making shots. That's what they say when he's making shots. Hey, I bet they, they should. He's, listen, when he's making shots, he's fun to watch. Me with that group. But, uh, and they, that, that frees them, him up when those guys will start making shots because it makes it easier. But they're a tough team. We know they're well coached. We know they're going to get after you defensively. They're going to be there in the end. But if they're hitting threes, then nobody's beating them at that point. They'll, you know, but that's I don't believe outside of Grady Dick that that's norm, that you can count on it night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Wilson's shooting 36% from three. Don't know if that's believable or not, or if it's going to go up or down, but, you know, he's shooting better. Um, like you said, there's a, that's a team that just, when, they, when they're hitting, they look good. Even with the Mizzou, you know, there was kind of rumblings, a, you know, big-time game for them, going to be tough for them. They handled them. So um, they'll be there at the end, but, you know, as a team that has a chance of winning our championship, I don't think you've ever, you know, had a team win where you're like, well, when they're hitting shots, they're good. So there's going to be a game, hopefully not soon in March, where they're going to have to hit some shots, and hopefully they are. Maybe, you know, maybe they won't be. So, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting run for them um, behind that arc. Uh, I will say this. Jalen Wilson seems like he's that next Kansas guy, the four-year guy that's just mm -hmm. elevated his game. And it wouldn't shock me if he was to shoot 36% of the year because yep. – it's just freaking Kansas, and that's what four-year guys do at Kansas. Yeah. When they went into to Missouri, you, you kind of touched on this, John. Um, that was probably the biggest game in Missouri basketball in, like, the last 10 years. <laughs> Since Kim English was there when they lost to Norfolk State in the uh, in the first round of the NCAA mm -hmm. tournament. Sorry, Kimmy. I always, <laughs> always got to bring that up. I always got to bring that up. Um, but they So they went in there, and, like, an hour and a half before the game started, the student section was filled. It was packed. They were loud. They were fired up. And Kansas went in there and just beat the brakes off them. They put 95 on them. They gave them a 30-piece. It's just in a rivalry game like that, like what is that? You played in, you played in big rivalry games. Right? I mean, like, they, when, when you could do that to an opponent like that, there's nothing better than that. I think Shaman Williams would probably agree, too, based I'm off what he was saying at the Final Four last year, RC. Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> For lack of better words, Kansas snuffed them out early. I mean, mm -hmm. early. That 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 crowd was quieted early, and it wasn't even close. And you know, I think that's you know, uh, Bill Self being there, preparing them for the game, motivating those guys, and you know, sometimes having that big rivalry crowd gets you going, gets you locked in a little more. So Missouri might have should have you know, made the stands a little more empty, man, because those guys probably walked out there and were fired up. You know what I mean? So, uh, and they played like it. They played well. I honestly thought it was going to be a lot closer. I was watching that game because I watched Missouri play Wichita State in that like overtime game. And I thought Mizzou wasn't bad. Um, so I thought it was going to be a closer game, but that's, that's what you do as a good team in Kansas. And, and uh, when it's a team, you go into their house and you take their cookies, man. That's what they did. M Missouri's coming though. Missouri's yeah. coming. They, yep. they, they, they're coming. They, they got, I think this is a little quicker than maybe even coach Gates and, and those guys thought, you know, that team would be as good as they are this early. And we, we questioned the, the resume at that point. 
RC, do you have a problem with that schedule? You said we question the resume. I think that was all Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman asked a lot of questions about that schedule. I no, think, but, but I, I think it's normal when you just starting out like that. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm okay with the schedule like that when you're trying to change a culture and you're trying to win. My issue is with the coaches that have been there three or four years, and then come March, you're complaining about why you didn't get in the NCAA tournament, and you're sitting mm -hmm. here playing systems of four. The first mm -hmm. round, but when you just got you're just getting in, you're trying to turn a culture around, get guys, teach guys how to win. I got no problem with that. They just met the rivalry real early in the season, and you know, it, things just change. I mean, it happens, but he he I found did, a I, way. I question their resume. I did question their resume. The the biggest issue that Missouri had coming into this game was that there was no buzz around the program at all. No one cared about it. It was just, it, it, it was, it was basically like Missouri state. There was no difference between Missouri and Missouri state. No one really cared about it. And he went out. That's a hot take. Right no, but look, they were, they were what? Like five and 13 and yes, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. even in the big 12 anymore. Yeah. Like they don't really have any natural rivals in this new conference. Yeah. There was just no juice there. Right. And you go out and you're nine and oh, and then you got Kansas coming in the building the, I, I, they don't call it the border war anymore. I think they call it the border rivalry now because you can't call any kind of these rivalries wars, but it's mm -hmm. the border war. It's always going to be the border war. So I'm going to call it the border war. Mm -hmm. And so you win those nine games and then you got the biggest game in a decade. You got juice. You're on big ESPN. When was the last time Missouri was on big ESPN? And I'm sorry if I keep looking up, by the way, because my other camera's over here and the camera on my laptop is over here and my other camera, <laughs> somehow it came unplugged. So I, I keep finding my, my habits to look up here and Dagan keeps texting me. He says, look at your new camera. Look at your new cameras. <laughs> sorry if I'm doing that. But I, I think what he did was the right thing. And I know that that's going to be a hot take. And I know that Goodman is probably going to, you know, you're going to see him tweeting about something, maybe jumping the YouTube chat, yelling at me about it. <laughs> I think that he made the right decision scheduling easy so that he could find a way to get some buzz going with the program. Cause John, that's what they were missing. No one cared. He did. He did. He did the right thing. There's no doubt. He did the right thing. Their best game and their best uh, win was Wichita state game, but nobody cared. I, I don't even frown upon that loss. It's a bad loss for them. Nobody wants to lose like that. But again, I think it's just a credit to those guys of getting that program going and with Gates and see why the two ex Florida state Seminoles, man, I think they're going to get it going out there. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're talking about the ACC, right? We're in the ACC, and I have two ACC legends on the Zoom with me. And I'm one and a half, you. one and a half, one and a half, yeah, whatever, one and a half, one and a half. So I'm gonna ask you guys this right now: one, one of you guys played at Wake Forest, one of you guys played in North Carolina. I don't think either of those teams are winning uh, the ACC this year. I don't think Duke's winning the ACC this year. I don't think it's Virginia. It's Virginia Tech or Miami. They're both sitting there at ten and one this season. RC, have you had any of the, the any games from Miami or Virginia Tech yet this year? I have. I have Virginia Tech. They're good. They're no joke. They're really good. They're really good. Now we can't we can't dismiss Virginia though. They're legit. I mean, they're can you legit. let me have we a hot take here without yelling at me, please? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But hey, Miami. I, I wouldn't say Miami, even though I'm. I think they're good. They scared me the other day with the, the 107 or 105 game against Cornell. I, I don't know what that was about, but they won it. You know, yeah. they didn't bring their best stuff and they won. So, but I won't make it all. I, I just think we can't dismiss Virginia because of that resume. If Virginia had a schedule where they didn't play anybody, I'd be like, ah, but no, we, we, we got to give Virginia their do. Can those two win? Can those two win the ACC? Maybe not the regular season. I think that they're in the mix. But they definitely can win the ACC tournament title, right? They can beat anybody in that conference. Virginia That's Tech, where I'm yeah, at for sure. Virginia Tech, 
I, I'll give you Virginia Tech. I, I'm not saying Miami can't. I, the thing that concerns me with Miami is they are they they're small ball, and then there's yeah. Miami. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a difference. Like like they're yeah. <laughs> like because if you can't, they're a team because of rebound. They got to turn you over. Right. That's part of their DNA. And Coach L will tell you, they got to turn you over. And they, when they're doing that, you turn it over or you get into a running gun game with them, lights out, you're not beating them, forget about it. And Jordan Miller is probably the best player in the country that nobody's talking about. Everybody's talking about Isaiah Wong, talking about Nigel Pack. Go watch him. Nobody's talking about Jordan Miller, and he is playing as good as anybody. I, I, I just My only concern with Miami is size. They're just really, really, really small, and 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 you know, obviously they they got guys, they got dudes. They're just small, but that's my only knock on them. No, other than that, I got nothing else against. John, where are you at? I, I agree. Uh, Miami's size is definitely a concern, and and you know, Jim Larinaga did say at the beginning of the season we're gonna have to turn guys over. We gotta have to rebound, gang rebound. So yep. that's tough task to ask kids every night, um, you know. But I, I like their team, and Virginia Tech is just top to bottom, super solid. Um, I've laughed the other day, like when the last time you heard like Virginia Tech, UVA, like it's going to be a prime time matchup, you know, if when they play each other or in a tournament. So like, it, it's fun to see new blood in the ACC because right now the blue bloods are, you know, trying to figure it out. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, Carolina, they, 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 they finally got a win against Georgia Tech, which I think is a much needed game for them. Um, but yeah, I still think UVA is the cream of the crop. Um, they're going to be solid. They're going to be there at the end of the year. Don't know where, but they'll be there. Virginia Tech is going to have to keep it up. Miami, I mean, how many times have we seen Miami start off hot, you know, the last four or five years, and then all of a sudden they just kind of falter into the United kind of abyss. So we'll see if that consistency keeps up. I, I like Isaiah Wong as well. Finally got the NIL bread, man, so he's, 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 uh, he's hooping right now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he got he, a uh, raise. He got an NIL raise. No, he ain't. He said, I'm first... out if I don't get the, my bread. If my money is not up, I'm out. That is crazy. Like, he was that, the that first is... NIL holdout. That was awesome. Look, yeah. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sure that sucked for the Miami coaching staff. I loved it. I loved every second of it. He's like, wait, you're bringing him in? Are you giving hey. him 400K? I'm only getting 125? Uh-uh, he did just I'm what everybody was supposed to do. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm the best player on this team. I'm the first all-ACC <laughs> league guard. And you you paid him how much? Look at here. That went away so fast. As soon as he said, yo, Man. I need more break. Yeah, they said uh, they, had to figure, they had to figure that out. They had to go to the drawing board. Miami's not hard, though. Private school down in Miami, man. They probably called. Who knows, man? Lamborghini. They call Luke. Miami. They call Luke back. They, they yeah, made they call, call Luke. Lamborghini Miami. Say, look, <laughs> they call Uncle just, Luke. Uncle Luke, we need you. We need you. Yeah. You just give Isaiah <laughs> a Lamborghini, man, and just call it a day. Like you know, what I'm saying we'll we'll put your signage up and we'll have him do a post. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah. hey but Rob, I, I'll say this too, and let's not forget, Virginia Tech's gonna get Rodney Rice back. Mm-hmm. Real quickly. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, I, it wouldn't shock me if they come out of exams and he starts playing again by the end of this month. Yeah, so the thing that I love about this Virginia Tech team is that they're they're so bought into exactly what Mike wants them to run. And Mike is so fucking creative when it comes to the sets that he runs and the ways that he can kind of scheme these guys to get open shots. Like, whether it's um, the Couture kid, whether it's Sean Padula, like, he finds ways to get these dudes in actions where they can get an open look, and he's got a bunch of guys that don't miss. Plus, just 
Austin Mutz does everything that you need somebody to do. Plus, like he has Grant Basile. Is it Grant Basile? Basile, whatever his name is. They got that dude. He's like six. He's six ten, two fifty. They got him running off of pin downs. I know John Henson. Yeah. You're looking there like, man, how come I couldn't get somebody? Yeah, I'm looking at the box. I couldn't. Score, get, I couldn't yeah, you couldn't I mean, get me coming off a of stagger. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at. I mean, they're they're super balanced. I mean, they got you know, you know, the bigs are playing. You know, the guards playing thirty minutes a game. Couture didn't even play that well um, against Oklahoma State, and they still kind of <laughs> handled them. And uh, yeah, Virginia Tech's a force to be reckoned with. And I think that started last year when they kind of had that little run and gave them a little confidence. I mean, they mm-hmm. because they got four dudes shooting forty percent or better from three. So they don't have to rely on one guy. And the other thing about them is they probably got three of the better individual defenders one-on-one. Hunter Couture is as good a three and D guy as you're going to find. Padula was really good. Physically, he's matured. He's a good defender. Much as is, is an ACC player of the year type of defender, I, those three guys anchor their defense. And then they got multiple guys, come, you know, making shots. Basili shoots it well. You know, I mean, Maddox shoots it well. And then again, they're still going to get a full start and, and Rodney Rice coming back too. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, they make threes. They don't turn the ball over, and they're well coached. And, they and that's about yeah. that's about everything that you need. Um, all right, I, I just this is not on the rundown, and I know Diggins is going to yell at me about it, but I do want to ask you guys: North Carolina, they got to win. To me, it's not a talent issue with that group at all. Right? They have enough really good players to be a top five top 10 team in college basketball it's an effort thing it's a camaraderie thing it's a it's a teamwork thing it's a let's make sure everybody in the locker room gets a long thing like there's the issue with them is not it's not the pieces it's getting the pieces to fit and the personalities to fit maybe more importantly so you go out i know it was just georgia tech but you still went out and you beat the hell out of georgia tech john so are, are you feeling better about this team now you feeling better I'm about this better. Team? I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna take a quote from tyler hansgrove on this exchange with jeff where you're talking about getting them to show and talking we're gonna wait for them to get healthy practice a little more then come back to me i think that's what they needed they need to practice they need to get healthy and, um, you know, it's – I still don't know what type of team they are. Georgia Tech's not the best team, not the best program. So, it was a good feel-good win for everyone. But I still think that game – the score indicates that it wasn't co- – but that game was a lot closer than the score kind of indicated. I mean, North Carolina had control, but it wasn't like we were cruising. You know what I'm they saying? They never pulled so, away. Uh, like, they it, they weren't yeah. up by 30. It was like they were up by, like, 14. Yeah. It pushes it to 20, 13, comes 10, back to 10. A little 10. run here, run there. Whoa, got to get a score, timeout. That's – um, that has been the issue all year long from game one against UNC Wilmington to till now. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I'm not hitting the panic button. The one way, I, the best way I'll describe Carolina is they've used up all their mulligans. All the mulligans that they've stacked up with number one, they've used them all now. And I agree. They need practice. I don't want to, I'm not really a panic. There's enough games on the schedule, but what they've done now is they play Ohio state. That's a big game for them. We, we only know of Virginia Tech wasn't even ranked, and we're just anointing them as one of those teams. So we're anointing. I mean, you got to beat those teams. So they're going to have to beat the Dukes. They're going to have to beat Virginia's. 
and they're going to have to beat the Virginia Techs. Those are the three in the, in the Miamis. Those are the four teams that we know are probably going to be quad one wins when you play them. And I don't know how many times the win and where, and considering you already lost to Virginia Tech, that's gone. So they, they've yeah, used I'm, it I'm all. looking at the I schedule will, right now. North Carolina, Virginia Tech doesn't play North Carolina again. That's it. That's the last so that's, time they So saw. that's it, right? So they've gone. So now you scratch them out. So that leaves you three teams. So you've got – they put so much emphasis on that Ohio State game. What do you do? I thought and – and I'll leave – and i ask you this. I thought they looked like – you know how when these guys go off and they go get NBA feedback, mm-hmm. they come back trying to impress and do what the scouts told those guys to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what that team looked like early on to me. I think there's enough time to come back to figure it out. I think they played better when, you know, they didn't handle getting pat on the back and telling them how great they are. Now everything's flipped. And now they're back to being not as good as we thought they were. And blah. So let's just see if, they, if that helps them and they get motivated by doing that because they didn't handle it well the first time. But I do think they're going to they're gonna make the tournament. It just won't be as – they'll make it again. as not a top five seed, though. And, and and coming from North Carolina, man, it's kind of I always used to say it's like a it's like a nostalgic bubble. Like sometimes you're not living in reality from 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 where the fans, you know, from how you're treated around campus, from the city. I mean, you are the guys. And I was blessed. We didn't have Instagram and Twitter had just started. We had Facebook. I was getting Facebook DMs, you know. So like, you know, <laughs> you you it's it's tough. You gotta block that noise out. And you know, when I was in school, I was fortunate enough to, you know, it wasn't getting tagged on videos and we couldn't just leave school and then come back. Like, so there's so many other factors that, like you said, I think play into that, you know, from the scouting perspective, Hey, Caleb, hey, maybe we need to show us this Armando. Hey, maybe we need to see this. And so even beginning of the season, Armando, I mean, in preseason in the scrimmage, Armando was shooting threes. And that's not to say he should be shooting them now, but why, if you're not going to expand your game, why all of a sudden you're shooting threes, you're on a perimeter. I've obviously heard people there talking about him shooting a three and then all of a sudden, season starts and you're down on the block again. Cool. But what, what, you know, what are we doing? This is preparing for the season, do things that you're going to do. So it's a lot going on, not panic button practice. Let's get healthy. Big games coming up. I think they will be okay. Um, you know, like just, you know, I think they'll be okay. Uh, I still think they're a top You, you can't count them out. This team was yeah, one yeah. possession from winning a national championship. We so counted them out last year. They made it to the national title and, game. And that's what I'm saying. So we, you can't count them. There's no counting them out. I, mean, I know people did. We did. All they of us did at one point. Behind the ball. But they showed us last year that in the same situation they was in a year ago, they made a run to the national championship. You can't bank on that. I think they got to get consistently to rotation. They just got Jaden Washington back. I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, you know, DeMarco Dunn just got back, and he broke his hand, so he's going to be out. You got to wait get him back in. But I like Trumbull, the freshman. Love Trumbull. I, I, I like what I uh, I love. I like what I saw with Jaden Washington. I, I've watched him in, a, in earlier when he's coming back. Really shoots it well. Let's see how he how he helps his team when he gets his legs up under him. I, I think this team is poised to make a run. And you know, like I said again, it may not be a top two seed because they dug themselves in a hole early. But I, I, I'm not one to doubt them. I think they'll be there when it matters. They, this is just what they needed, right? They just needed to, yeah. to struggle a little bit. Caleb Love needs yep. to check his uh, check his mentions, check his comments on Instagram, and have see people hating. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's going to turn it on. That's all he needs. He's going to turn it on. He's going to turn it on. He needed. Uh, real, real question for you, real quick, RC. I know you've watched them a lot. Seth Trimble, I think, is a very important piece for them long term because mm-hmm. he's the only guy on that roster that plays in the backcourt and is a ball mover, right? Those other guys, RJ. 
Caleb comes to them and they're they're pounding that thing. They're trying to get a shot off. Seth is the guy that can kind of keep moving a little bit and it, it doesn't become as uh as all right, it's my turn to go one on one. All right, it's your turn to go one on one. All right, you take them this time, right? I thought I thought that's what Davis turned into last year. And then this season started, and for whatever reason, they just it, it just didn't fit. All of them didn't fit together. They, they looked like they did at the beginning of the season last year. Not mm-hmm. the team that we saw, not even just in the tournament, just the second half of the season. They didn't look like that group. We thought they had all that ironed out. But Seth is a ball mover, hell of an athlete, got yeah. a burst. Plays hard. Uh, I mean, he competes on a defense. I mean, he comes in and he's like, yo, my role is I'm taking the best perimeter guy on the other side. Not a lot of freshmen do that. And this is new. I, I think it's, it's human has guys that rotate them in. Uh, I think that's where the DeMarco injury hurts him because he can't he could sit guys down, but Trumbull is a keeper, man. He's a ball. I, I'm excited about his future. Yep. All right. Let's get into some uh, first month of the season superlatives. Before we do, I just want to let everybody know Field of 68 Daily. You can find the link in the description. It is our newsletter. It comes out daily every morning, 8.30 a.m. When you're eating, uh, when you're drinking your coffee and, and eating your bagel and taking your morning dump, the best thing that you can do is sit there on your phone, <laughs> open up your email inbox, and scroll through and check out the Field of 68 Daily. It's the best way to keep up with everything college basketball every single morning. All right, we're going to roll through these quickly because I know that Dagan's tired and he's going to start yelling at us and he wants us to, uh, to call it a night. So let's start with this. National Player of the Year, five weeks into the season, can it possibly any be, be anybody other than Zach Eady? It's got to be Eady, right? Yeah. Zach Eady. Across the board. 22, else and, close 22 right and 14. I, I, don't, I don't see how. Number one team in the country, 22 and 14, Zach Eady. Next question. I don't know what you're talking about. I think the only guy that I think is close right now is probably Jalen Wilson, and that's it. And, and he's like two steps below Eady. Is there anyone else that you can think of as close at this point? I like the Jalen. I like Jalen. It's Jalen and Edie because Jalen's putting up some gaudy stats, so that's going to help him. So if Kansas can make a run, he may Edie may have some competition if he keeps it up. Maybe. Yep. Edie's been the best player on the floor, no matter who they play, and they play some good teams. He's been the best player on the floor. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, National Coach of the Year, five weeks into the season, John. I'm going to you first on this one. Coach of the Year, I'm going to go Dan Hurley. Um, you know, he's got them boys rolling. I don't think <laughs> – I, I, I just I, – I didn't – UConn wasn't on my radar. And, yeah, it wasn't on my radar, and, and they're surging. They're playing well. They're 11-0. And, you know, they're talking about – just talking to them being the best team in the country. So, I, I got to go right now, 10 games in, Dan Hurley, man. I mean – Is RC coming back, or is he going for good? Oh, Danny Hurley. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. I, I forgot. <laughs> What's the question again? What's the question? <laughs> Mike Young. I'm going Mike Young. I'm going Mike Young. Yeah, hate on Mike Young. I'm going okay. Mike Young. Okay. They got a little more work to do, but I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I, 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 the reason I say that, too, is because we're talking about a team wasn't ranked. Mm-hmm. Nobody ranked them, and they have been as impressive as anybody. And they're going to get better, as I talked about. I, I think because you, you, this team, like I said, we weren't talking about a team that shot up rankings that was already ranked. Right. They're just getting the national recognition that they deserve. And I've seen them enough to know that they're going to be there in the end. They'll be a team that in two weeks we'll still be talking about them at the top 15 if, team. If, if they finish top two, three in the ACC, ranked top 15-ish, I think it's a no-brainer. So yep. that's a good call. Um, there, So there's a couple that I want to mention. Uh, I think Kevin Willard, 
got to be in the conversation at some point. I think Chris Jans at Mississippi State got to be in the conversation at some point. Uh, it's very hard to have this conversation without throwing Matt Painter in the mix. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tommy Lloyd uh, since my, my, my pick would have been the homer pick. I'm glad John made that pick so I didn't have to be the well, one to do it. But I'm going to go with Tommy Lloyd. We talked about him earlier. The guys that he lost last year, what he's doing with two bigs that can't really shoot, uh, the, the, the fact that there's just been no drop-off um, after, you know, I mean, he took over and turned a team with all of Sean Miller's players, and that was the storyline last year, and he, he turned them into yeah. the team that they were last season. All those guys left. He's got his own crew in right now, and he turned Umar Ballo and Azelis Tabellis into, uh, into the best front line in college basketball. So, to me, it is uh, Tommy Lloyd at this point. All right freshman of the year this is an interesting one and one that um yeah. we've kind of had some arguments internally at the field of 68 about i think it's brandon miller i think he's been the best freshman i know that he was over what was the over eight over nine from the floor um against houston but overall i think that he's been the best freshman in college basketball is there anybody else rc that you put in that mix he would probably be the best but a close second if not first is kyle filipowski for duke mm -hmm. i i think he has been lights out you hear so much talking about lively Derek whitehead coming in he duke plays big we talking about teams that play big and he allows them to play big you know my favorite part about filipowski is i spoke with somebody that went to a practice before the season and saw him and said i don't think he'll be able to get on the floor do you remember who that was rc <laughs> i know listen to me i wasn't by, i wasn't alone when i said that i I know. I will. I will gladly admit that when I watched him play in the preseason, I was like, "How is he going to play?" I, I didn't see it, and I'm here today to say, I'll, "I'll, I'll listen. I'll choke on all those words." I mean, he was. Listen, he is their best. He's their best player. Yeah. And and he's he's about to do something that's never been done in the history of that of the ACC guys. He has won the freshman of the year four straight weeks to start the season. And on the verge of, if he wins it again, it'll be the first time in the history of the conference that a freshman wins ACC five times in a row to win. I mean, that's just, just that alone is something that's really, really impressive when you think about the freshman and argue, you know, not arguably historically the best basketball conference in college basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he I, we saw him live. He's good. He's big. He's strong. He plays well. He because plays he's hard. tougher than I thought he was. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I thought he was just like this. This finesse dude and it's tough as hell. Tough yeah. as hell. As he physically matures over the season, get, look out. He, he definitely fits the mode of that new age big too, man. Can move a little bit, can finish, can play on the perimeter. Like, uh, he's, he's nice. He put it on the floor better than you think he does. Like overall skill wise, man, he's he's gonna be the of all those ranking. I, I tell you, of the freshmen, I, I it would be hard pressed to find at legit six eleven, seven foot. When it comes draft time, he's a top three pick. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he also dunked on uh, dunked on Michigan State a couple different – or was it Kansas a couple times at the Champions Class, Garcia? I didn't realize he had that in his game as well. All right. Most improved player in college basketball this season, RC. I'm going to tee you up. You got this first. Tyree Appleby. And I know y'all going to say it's a homework pick, but the numbers back it up. I mean, this dude's gone up from 10 to 19 points a game. He shot 36% a year ago. He's up to 50, 54%, I think, from the floor. He's shooting 44 from three, up from like low 30s. He's he's a 50-40, and he's only shooting, he's only shooting 87% from the line. I mean, that's it's not many 50, 40, 90 guys out there on the on the team that's 
what what are these eight and two right now, whatever they are. It's, it's, it, it, and he's no one is playing any better than he, much better than he is right now. I mean, he's a small guard, but I mean, he's he's nearly doubled his average. Mm-hmm. John, I'm gonna go Jalen Wilson. He's up from 11 points to 22, 26% from three to 36% for three. Free throw percentage up, rebounds up, assists up. Uh, he's he's my most improved guy, um, and he's playing at a high high, high level right now. So um, that that's my most improved. Right? So, so my most improved guy, um, it, the numbers really haven't taken a huge spike, but I think that his impact uh, that we've seen is, is part of the reason why we've seen this team go from uh, NIT last year to top five in America this year, and that's Reese Beekman. I think that he has gone from being a guy that was kind of like, ah, you know what, he's got the, the pieces, he's got the ability. I think that maybe he could be good to being an hour. It's like, Oh yeah, you know what? He's, he's, he's a first round pick. He's an NBA player at his size with his defensive ability, the way that he can create off the bounce. Like he's the guy to me that has taken Virginia from being like, okay, they got a chance to be good to, okay. You know, this team is really, really good. Um, All right. Single biggest X factor uh, in in college basketball this year. I'm going to, I'm going to take this one first while you guys think about it a little bit. I know you're going to call me a homer for it, but I think that it's Andre Jackson. I think that the fact that one, he's a guy that could end up being a first round pick and is accepting a role off the bench is huge for the culture and for uh, the, the kind of the team dynamic. And two, I don't think there's a better defensive player in college basketball this year with the way that he can just kind of go out there and mess everything up. That's all he does. He's crazy athletic. Um, he, I, I just, he, he, he's the piece that brings everything together on that UConn team. And without him, I don't think that they are, uh, sitting here at 11-0 with all the wins that they have. John, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go ACC. I'm going to go Isaiah Wong. Um, you know, that's a team that's, that, you know, they're on the verge of making a little noise, and he's averaging 16 points a game, four and a half rebounds, four assists, 38% from three on five attempts. I believe they go as he goes, and he, if he can stay hot, playing well, playing efficient, um, I think that team can rally around him, and they got some good players down there, and uh, – uh, that's going to say my biggest national X factor uh, for me, man. I, I love his game, and and I feel like for as far as a team, if he goes out, Miami's they're dead. Mm-hmm. So that that's how I feel about you know him. So Jordan Miller, Jordan Miller is going to put that team on his back. For me, it's Leaky Black. I'm going to go with your alma mater. I, mm-hmm. I think Leaky Black. There's a lot of issues early on that's with Carolina, mm-hmm. and if Leaky Black, because of what he is and he knows what he is. I mean, defensively, if they take on more of that personality, I, I think they turn things around quicker. And and I also say he shot 41% from in, in tournament ACC play last year. And if he if he that would be the ultimate three and D guy. And I think if Carolina is going to get back to anywhere near the level they were playing with last year, I think some of that needs to go. You start talking about the big three the other guys. Yeah. I think Leaky Black is a big part of that. RC, who's the most underrated team in college basketball right now? Utah State, baby. Mountain West. Go Ryan Odom, baby. <laughs> Ryan Odom. Uh, Utah State. Yeah, you weren't expecting that one. I know you weren't. No, not at all. I was waiting all night for you to ask me that question. Mountain West, baby. 12th ranked team in the net rankings right now. I ain't got nothing else to say the rest of the show. That's so. I'm good. I'm, I'm sorry. It was, it was a, this was this was tough because like, is it most underrated like with a chance to win it or like just most underrated in the country? Because like you know, like I like if we talking about the top dogs, that maybe like a Tennessee, but then I like Mississippi State as a team that's like one of the more underrated teams as well. So um, 
I'm going to go a little mix. Go Tennessee for the big dogs. And like, as far as teams that people aren't talking about, Mississippi State. I like it. I like it. I'm going with Memphis as the most underrated team in college basketball. I just think how old they are, how tough they are. Uh, I think that they are going to be a team that can make a run this year. I think they, they're they not in the top 25. They're going to be in the top 25 before it's all said and done. And here's here's my here's my bold prediction. They are going to beat Houston at least once this season, whether it's one of the two games in regular season or in the American Conference Tournament. All right, the biggest fraud in the country. John, who do you got? Man, I'm going with the fighting Atlanta. We're sitting in the media section talking about how <laughs> good they looked, how like they're looking like a top team and – Man, he's got these boys playing. And like, I mean, we were riding for them and then they they lay an egg. Like, I was just like, no, you know, so that's my team. I'm just more so that's more of a personal thing because we were riding for them boys, man, on our last episode, talking about potential <laughs> final four. I mean, we were on their tails. So did you hey, did you see Underwood's press conference? Did you see what he said? Yeah, like, you know, talking about his his guy, like. That, that should tell you something too. Like the last that was the funniest. That's the funniest yeah, shit on you. What's going on over there for him to call? You know, so um, you know, Terrence Shannon's got to figure out his leadership qualities because you know he's been struggling actually early in the games, and he, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with him or kind of with the team dynamic, but uh, they need him to pick it up. He because he's the guy over there. But yeah, those are the biggest fraud. That's the biggest fraud to me. I mean, I, I'm I threw my paper in the air like when they lost. Like, all right, let's just regroup. <laughs> We got our seat. I got to switch it to Chris Beard, man, to put yourself in this situation, to put that university, to put those kids, put everybody in that in this situation tonight. It, that's just inexcusable. And, and we even had to start the show off discussing that. I don't need to say anything else, but that would be it. My biggest fraud is uh, is Kentucky. We've talked about this at length. I don't trust teams that have that I, many guys. I that started to say that too. That's that where I was going. Fact, you know, I didn't you say know what's that. funny? I was going to take Texas. I was going to take Texas, and then you said it was like, I'll let you know what. Let me I was going to take Kentucky until that, and I switched it. But it, but I agree with you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, final four picks. RC. Wrap it up. Alabama. I, I I'm so far. I, I don't I don't think you can. You can't duck this no one, clue. man. You, you can't duck I can't this one. Duck it. I just got I got no clue of who I truly believe. Um, Don't worry. The glo- the beauty I, of this business is that you can make your picks now and then just change them in a week. I can change we'll them. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the Huskies. I did I did like the Huskies. I'm going to go with the Huskies. I, I will give you that. Um, I like Alabama. I think Alabama's going to be a tough out there. Um. I think I, I can't go with the Tar Heels right now. I can't either. I, I, I would love to say that they'll be back, but I can't right now until I start seeing them better. I, I'm going to go with Arizona right now. How about Arizona? I'll take Arizona as, my, as, as one. And, and I... <laughs> Tar Heel Avenue, baby. <laughs> I, I want to go up. I, I'm not completely abandoning your boys, but I ain't ready to put them back there. Yet. I appreciate not, that. But I'm, 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 not, I'm not off the bandwagon. I am on the Tar Heel bandwagon. I don't know who my fourth team would be. Um, it's dumb. I, I got to go with Purdue. How can you argue Purdue right now? Let's go with Purdue. Right. John, who do you got? I'm going to go Purdue, UConn, Arizona, and Virginia. 
So I had, I didn't have Purdue in my final four. I worry about them defensively. I have Arizona. I have Alabama. I have Arkansas. I'm still, I'm still calling the hogs, baby. Four first round picks in the first round. They have it getting there. But the team that is cutting down the nets on April 2nd in Houston, Texas is going to be the UConn. Huskies, you guys know it's going to be that. Listen um, to me. RC, RC's going to walk off the set down there in Houston at least five times. Championship, I am walking. I'll be hitchhiking <laughs> up the damn highway. I'm leaving. I'm telling you, I'm walking home, man. I, I Listen, couldn't be. Kimber Walker's home. not walking through that door. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. They're good, man. They are good. They're good. I, I'm only teasing because hey, hey, of Rob. Hey, Rob, we'll revisit that in Houston. We'll revisit, we'll, we'll revisit that in Houston. But listen, right, right, it's been the Field of 68 After Dark. This was a fun episode. Um, we got through the uh, the rough stuff, and I think that we had a good time with it. So um, for Randolph Childress, for John Henson, for my busted-ass camera over here, uh, <laughs> producer Dagan Hughes, my name is Rob Doster. We will see you guys again tomorrow night. See you all, man.